Welcome to Wealth Well Done. Together, we'll cover a wide range of important topics surrounding money and the impact it has on our lives. From the sophisticated and highly valuable planning techniques of the ultra-wealthy to the commonly underutilized biblical teachings. Together, we'll work to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well. Here's your host, Eric Scoville. Welcome to the 12th episode of the Wealth Well Done podcast. This is the the podcast where we get after the tactical, practical, and spiritual advice to help you do your wealth well done. Uh, as always, we've got the disclaimer in here that just says, listen, this is this is advice that's meant to be um, generic in form, and that way you take all of this and you decide how this applies to your life with your professional team. Um, what we're going to get after today is, is certainly financial, but uh, much less on the regulated side of, of the financial advice. So I think we're safe here. But anyways, just take all of this into consideration uh, with your own team uh, to decide how this best applies to you. So last week, we had Tom Costello was on and we went over institutional finance. We got an update on cryptocurrency and kind of the state of affairs there. And this week, I am so, so thrilled to have uh, my dear friend, Jeff Miller, uh, on with us today. Jeff is the co-owner of uh, Glenn Manor Counseling in Peoria, been a licensed therapist for around 30 years, uh, private practice for over 20, third generation farmer? Something like that, so, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, something like that. And uh, chairman of the elder board for uh, the Northwoods Church in Peoria, Illinois, which is a, is a mega church here. And so today, we are going to focus on getting healthy with money on the individual level. This is something that, uh, as, as we talk about the kind of the pillars of this podcast, sometimes we get after the real tactical pieces of you know, tax planning and how we go after that or estate planning and, and specific investments. Sometimes it's the spiritual advice. Um, you know, what does the Bible have to say about this? But when we get down to the practical side of money, yeah. um, this is something that I think just tears people apart and they, they don't often it's, it's silent. They don't, they don't recognize it. And so what we want to do is, is figure out how to help people get healthy with money. And so, um, with that, if we if we were to look back at from the very beginning of that, we need to go back to the, in my mind, we need to go back to the genesis of where they formed their concepts around money. Yeah. And so, if you would maybe start there, Jeff, of like what what does that mean, and and where do where do people originate their their ideas of money? Because now that I'm, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, I've got I've got this money, everything else. I think that I think from a certain lens, but I have no idea how that lens even formed in the first place. Well, I think, Eric, in, in all cases, as we think about how we develop as people, the things that we experience in our formative years, i.e. our growing up with our mom and our dad and our family of origin, that is clearly where the issue of value gets placed on any topic, but specifically today, the issue of money. Mm-hmm. So if you grow up in a family where money, it's all about money. It's all about dad's career or it's all about keeping up with the Joneses or it's all about, um, you know, just accumulating wealth versus it's about um, relationship and family and serving the Lord and making sure we're tithing. It just sets uh, a, a parameter for the children to begin to value money and establish how they're going to relate to it and how their worth and value will be assigned to it. And so... Um, you know, it starts very, very early and it clearly is a relationship based on how we see mom and dad manage and view money without a doubt. Okay. One of the things that, um, that's become 
very common language for for me, for us, is, is and our work with you um, is is this idea of wounds and yeah. lies. <clears throat> and I think we could probably just park here and spend the rest of the podcast just talking about that. And, and I wanted to give some time to that. So I want to go back into wounds and lies mm-hmm. that 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 we pick up from our early childhood and how those translate into into our adulthood. But before we do that, can you give some background into what what that language even means for someone who's not familiar with that? The, va- the concept the, of wounds, w- and, wounds lies, yeah. and lies, yeah. So think about this concept of wounds and lies in terms of really four words. There's a four-word kind of uh, acrostic that I use when I work with people. It's wounds, lies, vows, and strongholds. So how that plays out. We can work backwards and it actually makes more sense working backwards. So people get into a stronghold in their life where there's something that controls them, something that dictates or something that imprisons them. Um, In terms of money, if a person has amassed lots of things, toys, and they can't step away from the stress of their job because they're bound by an income to maintain their toys, then they have a stronghold in their life. Working back from that, that the, the next word is vows, and vows are the actions that we put into place that keep us caught in that prison of a stronghold in our life. The lies are the things we believe early in our life about our worth, our value, or the fact that things like money or, uh, or, or things will make us happy. And then the wound is, I'm not enough, and so I have to go find something to make me feel better. And so um, for a young person growing up in any family of origin, if they were rejected, if they were abandoned, if they were um, caused to feel less than loved or enough just based on who they are, they might have to go and start doing some things to earn love. And you can see where that now would tie to money and finance, earning. I have to go accumulate things. I have to go be something. I have to go find something that's going to make my wound less prominent that will anesthetize my pain. And so that's the trap that we fall into in so many areas of our life. We're looking for things to anesthetize the pain of the original wound. And in the process, we believe lies and then we make vows and we get our place ourselves stuck in places we can't get out of. Yeah. Okay. Let's park here a little bit. Okay. All right. So, cause you, there, there's different ways this can come about. You have, you have people who have been taught, um, you know, particularly inside the Christian church. Yes. Who've been taught that those with money um, are probably evil. Yeah. Because they forget that it's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. Yes. Not and the scripture is normally misquoted and saying money is the root of all evil. Correct. You have that. You have people who, um, who have believed that humility must mean, um, being in poverty and then there's a direct tie to humility and poverty with for Mm -hmm. some people um you have you have people who have believed that if someone has acquired wealth of any significance that they've probably done something wrong in order to get that i I, i'm sure that there there might be people listening to this podcast who are that side um and in which case you have to understand that so much so many of the prominent people inside scripture are incredibly wealthy yes that god uses and god has blessed them and so there's a lot that um, that can be said there, and, and there's there's work that needs to be done there. But I want to focus in here on the other side, the people who who maybe do have a lot of money mm-hmm. and and have felt like kind of what you're saying, like they felt like they needed to earn it. Like the only way, if I'm a, if I'm a man, that the way the way that uh, I'm uh, going to earn a woman's love is by giving. And we know mm-hmm. we know where this leads. There's there's so many people who are who've been high earners in their fifties 
now, you know, that are now in their fifties and their kids are in their teens and growing up and they no longer have a relationship with them. And they're, you know, saying, well, I, I gave you everything. I, you know, I did this to get yeah. you into this college, to get you these things. We went on these vacations <clears throat> and the, the kids are saying, yeah, but like, they don't need that. Like you've seen that like, the kids who've grown up inside, you know, prominence, they, that that's not what they needed. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. I don't know. I, for some reason, Eric, as you're talking, my mind is just going to the story of Job. And, you know, obviously Job, for, for those of you who might not be aware, Job is the first book of the Bible. It's not Genesis. Job is the first book. And uh, it was the first book written. And what a powerful story um, of a man who God had blessed. He probably was the most wealthy, richest man in the land. Mm-hmm. And because God loved him so much, he took him through a trial, which included losing everything, right. only to, in the process of growing into a deeper, intimate, more relationship with him, he ended up blessing him two and three and four, fourfold times over again. But it was God's love for him that took him through the trial. It's, the, it's God's love for him that caused him to decide what he loved more, the things, the money, the children, the affluence, or the Lord. And when he got his heart right with God and he raised his elevation in his relationship with God, God comes back around and he blesses him even more. Yeah. And, and so the issue never was the wealth. The issue was the intimacy in the relationship with Jesus. It was the relationship with God. And when we get ourselves in that place where our intimacy and our relationship with God is in the right place, God's going to bless us because he's a good God and he wants to. So there is no relationship between someone who's been blessed with wealth or resources that there's something where they are loved more by God or loved less by God, but they certainly have a calling to use that in a powerful, profound way to impact the kingdom. And God wants to bless them such that they can get there. But if they've got wounds or lies that they're believing in their life, then they're going to get hung up somewhere. They're going to get stuck somewhere and they're not going to achieve everything God intended them to achieve. And so the challenge for people is to go back and look at those things and make sure that we're taking away Satan's uh, a room to do damage or to or lessen what a person can achieve for the kingdom. Do the work there so that there are no limitations to what God can do with them, their gifting, the wealth they have, the resources they have to ultimately impact the kingdom. Okay. All right. So let's, so the, the, the concept here is sometimes money and not sometimes a lot of times money can get in the way of someone's relationship between them and God. They, it, money they is trust positive. money instead of trusting God. Absolutely. See their worth and their value tied to the money instead of I'm a child of the King. Right. Okay. So God may take that away. Mm-hmm. And then there, there's all sorts of ways that this can get confused and yep. can get, you know, get wonky. Yeah. So, so take everything here with a, with an understanding that, this requires you to go deeper. It does. So with that said, though, God, the very best thing for you may be to lose something, to go through a trial in order to find the next level of freedom in that. Absolutely. Well, come on, Eric, let's be honest. We're guys. Do we ever learn anything without some pain? (laughs) I mean, you're, you were an athlete. Okay. I was an athlete. I know I don't look like it today, but I was an athlete once. You don't, you don't get better or stronger without going through something that breaks you down, going through something that challenges you and pushes you. And so I really believe that in the, in the world of God gifting somebody with a gift of of resources or giving, there's going to be seasons in there where God's going to teach them something so that he can elevate them further. Right. And that might mean some painful loss, or it might mean I need to go back and do some work on some places in my life that I've ignored 
because it's easier to ignore them. Okay, let's go after that work. What does that look like? So I, I'll, I'll paint a situation. So I am a, uh, I'm a mid forties guy. I'm an executive at a company. I make, you know, north of three hundred grand a year, and I still have plenty of debt because I do have the boat, the four wheelers, the big house on the lake, and this, the the vacation home. Like I, I've got all of these things, and I've accumulated it. Um, I've got a wife and kids who love me, but we definitely focus a lot on money. Mm -hmm. And now here I am starting to question, I'm working 60 plus hours a week with no end in sight. I, I am stressed. There's health problems that are coming mm -hmm. from that. And I'm looking at the same, well, how do I unwind this? I, mm -hmm. I feel like I am being led to, like, I feel like something's telling me I need to slow down, but how do I unwind it? And, and what's this, what's this work that I have to do now? Well, uh, Eric, I think that scenario is, as you well know, that scenario is more common than not. It is. Um, and it isn't just the person that's north of 300. It can be the person that's north of 100. Because sure. uh, the, what we're doing is we're trying to take things, the boat, the lake, the great weekend, the great vacation, um, going out to dinner all the time. We're trying to use those things to fill a gap or to cover a place that doesn't feel good. We're, we're, we're trying to avoid something that we don't want to go back into and work on and examine and deal with. Rather, we're hoping to just cover it over. It's the whole wound concept. I have a wound, so I'm put a Band-Aid on the wound. Yeah. But the Band-Aid doesn't heal the wound. And, and if you go into most hospitals and you're dealing with real significant wounds, the wound lays open because wounds only heal from the inside out. Right. You can't cover them over or just stitch them shut and have them heal because that's where infection sets up. That's where bad things happen. You have to expose the wound and let it heal from the inside out. You have to expose light and air to it for it to heal. It's the same way with all of us in our emotional or our relational places. We have to bring exposure to those things. Go back, open it up, take the bandage off, peel the scab off, and let it begin to heal. And that healing looks like I have to face things, I have to feel things, and I have to do forgiveness work in those areas. That's the simplest template I can give people. You have to face those things completely, where those wounds were. You have to feel those things completely. And then you have to do the work to invite the Holy Spirit in to do the supernatural healing through forgiveness that gets us to a place where we can feel free. And then we can enjoy those things, not as an anesthetizing agent, but as a blessing from God. Mm. We can enjoy our time with our family at the lake and just enjoy the relationship rather than we have to make sure we have the latest and greatest boat or jet ski. We have to make sure that we up, update our dock so it looks as good as the neighbors. We got to make sure that everything looks better or feels better or I get some dopamine drop in my brain because I've got a new thing instead of I can be at peace and I can just enjoy the most important things in my life, which are the people God's given me, my family, my wife, my children, my friends, and just be at peace with those things. And Paul says that he's learned the secret to contentment in all things. Yeah. Cause, because, I mean, how many people need to remodel their kitchen every every eight years? Yeah, or, or flip their car every two years or right. make sure that every next year's vacation is greater than the last vacation. And all of these things are great. I mean, I, look, I, I like to travel, mm -hmm. but but if I'm traveling to just give myself a new great experience because I'm trying to avoid the fact that my marriage is in crisis or I really don't know my wife or there is really no emotional intimacy between us or I don't know my children. Well, that that's not going to solve the problem. 
It's not going to solve the problem. A great, a great cruise on a boat, you know, with a ocean view cabin and all the latest, greatest things is not going to solve that relationship problem. Won't solve it. You just took me somewhere. The, how many, how many men, and, and this applies to women too. We're going to, we're going to get into, into that here in a minute, but how many men who are the breadwinner inside mm-hmm. their family try to, they, they apologize for the amount of time that they spend working by, by doing that. I mean, we're going to go on a vacation here and we're going to go make a memory. Mm-hmm. We're going to go do this. We're gonna, it's going to be lavish and we're going to do it. And that, that makes up for the fact that the 60, 70 hours a week that I spend working in, in the games that I'm missing, the, the conversations that I'm not there to have. And, and they justify it because, you know, we think about like, Hey, life's about memories. And so it's not just stuff. It's about memories. And so yeah, I'm going yeah. to, we're going to go make great family memories on these vacations the problem seems to always come into the fact is when we go on that vacation, things don't go exactly like we planned, probably because the relationships aren't aren't <laughs> healthy in the first place. And and you have to understand. Well, you have to build a foundation, okay? Right. So 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 the 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 adage in 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 the world is well, so what's more important, quantity of time or quality of time? But which one is it? Well, so the guy who's working 60 hours, he's going to go, oh, it's the quality of time. I'm going to take him on a great vacation, and that's going to cover over the fact that there was no quantity of time. Well, Eric, the reality of it is both. Yeah. There, there is not one or the other. It is both. There has to be a quantity of time to build foundation in relationship with children, with spouses. There has to be time there. There is no, there is no substitute for time. Yeah. Well, there's no substitute for our time with the Lord. There's no substitute with our time, you know, in the gym. There's no substitute for our time with our partners in the workplace. There's no substitute for our time with our children and our spouse. There is no substitute time. But time is the thing that's being torn away constantly from us because of the busyness or the desire to anesthetize the pain in my life by earning more money or being more successful or getting another promotion. Instead of facing the things that need to be faced and working on the relationships that are most important in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So trying to get healthy with money has well, to. Well, so it's ironic. You can't get healthy with money hmm. if you don't get healthy within you. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Because because money is just, a, it's just, it's, it, I say to people all the time, the things that people come to talk to me about are all, the presenting problems are always the symptom. Right. They're not the problem. Right. So we have to be careful in, in this concept that money is, in of itself is not the problem. It's just the symptom of the thing that's being tossed about to try to make my life feel better, right? to make me feel better right? versus, no, no, no I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop just being busy and moving the chess pieces around the chessboard. I'm just going to face what the real issue is. And that's hard for people to do, to go back and go, what is the real issue in my life? And do that thing. And men, you know, you and I, it's harder for us because we don't operate in the emotion very well. We want to live in the linear cognitive world. Right. And so it's harder for us to do. We got to slow down. Sometimes our wives have to hit us with a two by four. You know, like, stop. Yeah. Uh, or God will slow us down with a crisis in our life. There'll be a health issue. There'll be a family crisis. There'll be something where we're, we're forced to slow down and address those things that we've been ignoring because we're much more comfortable working 60 hours a week than we are facing the stuff that is our wound. So let me stop right here and say to anyone here who's dealt, who's dealing with this, what Jeff just said, you cannot, you can't bypass this. This is not something that you can 
you can pay someone else to do for you. You know, you can't, you can't hire this out. You have to take yeah. the time to do this. Really and so it's really going good. to require time, which means you have to create time. We all get the same amount of time here. Yeah. And most of us fill it to the max. Yeah. I, I, oh, I'm guilty. We yeah. all are. I, I, so I have just gone through basically resetting my schedule, which meant I had to drop things that, that I didn't want to drop. And the groups that I'm in with, with people I'm close to and, and the, the, the time we spend is focused around Christ. But I, was, I had so many things going on with me that were Christ-focused that kept me from being able to spend time with Christ. Yeah. So it, it was like th- these things were good in and of themselves, but too much of it became a problem. So I, I, I literally just did a reset and I had to make the uncomfortable thing of telling people like, I need to leave the group, not the people. I don't need to leave the people and don't leave, need to leave the relationships, but I need to leave the group. That way I create some, some margin back in my life yeah. again to do yep. some of this work. I need yep. to get, need to get quiet with God again, need to get back in, in the, into the word, not just reading to, to get my devotional done for the day and, and not fall behind. Yeah. Um, so, so I think one, one of my favorite people on that topic is Bob Goff. I don't know if you've oh, read yeah. any of Bob Goff, <laughs> but you know, Bob Goff, one of his famous statements is I quit something every Thursday. So he, he, he's, he's one of these guys that's just going, 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 and, and he loves people and he loves life and he loves activities. But he realizes that if he doesn't quit something every Thursday, there will be no margin in his life and it will take away from the things that are most important in yeah. his life. And, and that's, that's discipline that healthy, wise people have to engage because I have to say no to good things. Right. I mean, like I could just see a broad example of the church world. Churches are fantastic in saying, yes, we'll help people with that. We'll do that. But pretty soon the church will spread itself so thin because it's doing so many things that it's not doing any one thing well anymore. Right. And so churches, organizations, families have to get better at cutting things off when saying no to things so they can stay healthy and strong in the areas they're commissioned to do. And isn't it funny that if you do start saying no to some things, that might actually free up some more money, which should alleviate a little bit of stress. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, saying no seems counterintuitive, and yet it will deliver results maybe the fastest way possible. Yeah. Man, when COVID first hit and people started, you know, everyone, the, their schedules cleared up, it the, to me, like it was evident seeing people, the, the people who weren't just wrecked by this, but the people who said like, I've got all this time now. Yeah. Like don't, don't, as soon as the sports open back up, their kids are back into yeah. three more, three more teams yeah. and all that. And, and my whole life was spent around sports and I, I, I still feel guilty now. And thank you for the work that you've helped me go through to mm-hmm. kind of leave that behind. But it's still, I still, I know the pain that I caused my family with how much emphasis was on my sports. And I, and I don't want to do that to, to my kids. I don't want to, and I don't want to do that to my family. And I, I want to give people permission that it's okay. And, and so looking back at my career, like hockey was important in my life, but it, it, it would have been okay. Had I not spent so much time playing, had my yeah, parents not put yeah. so much emphasis around it. So it's okay to, to drop some of the sports. Your kids will be fine without it. And, and so that can send this whole thing of you know, the world is cramming these, these views down our throats of mm-hmm. what's, what's normal. You know, part of this is the social media comparison trap. Part of this is yeah. the is the uh, you know the kids at school and then what what yeah. what the what your um, classmates are doing and all the activities that they're in, and we all have to compete. Can I can I just take you on a on a hard left here for just a second? Aaron? <laughs> sure. 
I'm listening to you talk about, you know, your kids and, and it just struck me, you know, I, I've said to you, the most important gift that mom and dad give the kids, the most important gift that mom and dad give the kids is not the sports. It's not the clothes. It's not the education. It's that mom and dad are okay. Mm, right. It's the confidence that my mom and dad are okay. And if my mom and dad are okay, then we're going to be okay. Despite where we are financially, despite whether we go on vacation, despite whether I'm on the, on the travel team, despite all those things, if mom and dad are okay, I'm going to be okay. But mom and dad can't be okay if mom and dad aren't making time for mom and dad. And mom and dad can't be okay if mom and dad are chasing after dollars and the latest greatest thing and an upgrade to this and more money. Because that sucks away from relationship time. And so all of this, you know, pe people, it's hard to sit down and really evaluate these things and make hard decisions to cut back to get more. But if we don't cut back, we don't get more. You won't get more with your kids if you don't cut back. You won't get more with your wife if you don't cut back. You won't get more with God if you don't cut back. And if you don't cut back and get more with God, then why would you expect to be blessed? Yeah. And if you're not blessed in that process, but you're given more stuff to keep you trapped, who's the author of that? <laughs> that would be the one who. Yeah. Yes. So, so again, it, it's just you have you got to slow down and like breathe, so that you can get your mind around what it is that you really want to chase after, who you really want to chase after, and really what success looks like. What? How do we define what success is? Is it the bottom line of my of my uh, my my budget sheet? You know, when I sit down at the end of the year with my accountant, is it the, the bottom line on a portfolio or is it what's happening in the lives of my wife, my kids, my family, right. the people around me? That's the hard stuff. I think and if I haven't dealt with my wounds, I can't do that. Right. Right. I think the, the thing when, when I entered this, this journey of entrepreneurship, the way that God freed me of, of this, this just normal grip of, of money mm -hmm. I got to the spot where I realized that if I if I followed where he was leading, and I screwed it up, and so this might be to someone who's who's got the sixty hour plus week job and doesn't have time for family, or even it doesn't have to be six; it could be fifty. You know, and then there, there is a spot where there's too it could be thirty six, and then eight hours on your cell phone. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's yeah, yeah. let's just be honest where it is today. Right. All right. So, but if someone's fearful of leaving because of blank reason, there. When I followed where God was leading, it took us to a spot where we had to free ourselves from the grip of money and just mm -hmm. lean into being his children. And so we basically got to this point where I said, if I miss God so much, he, he was giving me this fantastic opportunity here, which, which came up. I had this fantastic opportunity. It was either that or go where I feel like he's leading, which is start a career that has a 93% failure rate and takes five years to make any money. So we had a family with a brand new daughter, our first child, we had uh, a house that we had built with a significant mortgage on it. So we had plenty of expenses. And my wife and I both felt like we were supposed to leave our jobs. And, and so we stepped into this, we said, if we if we miss God by, not by a mile, but by 100 miles, and he said, clearly, I gave you this incredible position here. And you went over here. And we, we blew through all of our savings that we had, we blew through any help that a friend or family member would give us. We wore out our welcome at any of the, the incredible, you know, uh, homeless shelters, anything else. And we died under a bridge due to starvation. Not just me, but my wife and my, my little baby girl. Mm -hmm. And because of this, 
and we get at the end of the day, like if we believe what we believe, then we get to the party early and we're going to get there. And God's going to say, you know, he might smack me up beside the head and say, I gave you this incredible thing. How, how did you think, how did you not think that was from me? Yeah. But you tried, you tried, come on in. Like, and so it's just, it, it freed us from this grip of, of money. And there's been, it wasn't just that. There was been many other yeah. times through this entrepreneurial journey. But as we let go of money, we let go of that being ours. Like it wasn't ours. It wasn't mine that I had yeah. saved up. It was his. And, and it has to, like, you can't get healthy with money, obviously without getting healthy with yourself. But then without this concept of stewardship and, and the, you know, the podcaster, Cal, Cal was on here a few a few weeks ago where we talked about stewardship is yeah. so important. But when we realized like they're God's resources, they're from him. At that point, it, it it broke the chain that money had around us, and so I think I think with that, when you get when someone is deciding that they need to take a they need to make a significant change, it might mean letting something go, and it might get scary. Well, yeah, because that's faith. There's faith that's involved faith, in that yes. equation, Eric. I mean, you're going to have to take a faith leap, which again is really the opportunity for God to bless. But there's a blessing that comes after taking that faith leap. Yep. I'm going to step away from this career track where it's safe and comfortable because God wants to grow me and challenge me in a different direction. And it might mean some unsecurity and some instability for a year or so, but I'm going to take that leap and he's going to see me through. And that's what grows us. Yeah. There is no growth when it's just smooth sailing. That's a great point. There's no growth. And and, and, and our, our journey should become, it should be about being more Christ-like and becoming more like Christ. And there, and that will not happen for me without some bumps in the road. Right. It just won't happen. Right. Yeah. You, you made, you hinted at this earlier. The idea that if you want to get stronger, you're going to have to lift something heavy. You're going to have to so, do it. So with, with the time we have left here, what's, what are like actual practical steps toward freedom that someone can get as they as they realize this, I realize like I might not be healthy with yeah. money myself. Yeah. What's the, what's the kind of a, a roadmap that I can use? And it's not one. Yeah, I, I, I would say just a, a real simple uh, thing to do is to just um, ask yourself the question, you know, what what is really driving me to amass, you know, a portfolio or a banking account or a job title or, you know, what, what's the driver? Yeah. And then when we are honest about what the driver is, maybe the driver is, I'm dealing with a father wound because I was never appreciated by my father or I could never do enough for him or um, my parents were divorced and there was chaos. And so I learned to get control through being able to earn money and then I could, I could make myself feel happy. I could make myself feel secure. You know, we, we have to figure out what is that thing that drives it and then we have to go back and we have to deal, do the work with it. We have to face it completely. Yeah. And we have to do the work, which says, is that truly my identity? Is that truly who I am? Yeah. And get back to who I am really in the eyes of our heavenly father and forgive those people that have broken us, wounded us, damaged us so that we can then move forward healthily being able to receive, because see, this is the interesting piece. Broken people, wounded people, myself included, we have a hard time receiving. And so I'm going to do everything I can in my own power so I don't have to receive anything from anybody. Sure. And then who else Who else are we then blocking to receive from? We're, we're blocking the Lord. Right. We, we're not allowing him to bless us because we're going to do it in our own power. And that's a terrible thing because I know that what the Lord wants to give me is far more than I could ever do in my own strength or power. 
I want to receive his love and his blessing. And, and so I've got to do my own work to get myself in a healthy place so I can receive that from him. Same way with my wife. If I don't get myself in a healthy place, I can't receive her love. Yeah. I can't receive the love of my children. And so I'll just stay in this unhealthy pattern of trying to perform, perform, perform to be good enough to get accolades rather than receiving what I so desperately in my heart, in my soul need to receive, which is, you know, Eric, you're okay. Jeff, you're okay. You're good enough just the way you are. You don't have to do more. You can just sit here and, and you're okay just the way you are. And we all desperately want that because I, I say this when I talk to men all the time. There's the, the deepest wound in the world of men today is this, this desire to be known. Yeah. We just really want to be known. But, but guys don't take the risk to be known in the world today because that's too vulnerable and we're, we all have this imposter phenomenon where we don't want to be found out. We don't want to be found out that we really don't know what we're doing. Sure. And yet, if we could be with people who accept our foibles and our flaws and our inadequacies, it's just like, oh, that feels so good. Yeah. That feels so good. But we have to do work to get there. Right. You have to take that leap of faith to be vulnerable with somebody, to walk through those places where you've been hurt, those places where you don't have your stuff together all the time. And when you can get there, it's just like, oh, the pressure drops. The other thing that's so interesting in the work world today, Eric, is, you know, there's research that says when people get past about 45 hours of work, their productivity drops off the table. Right. So it's just wasted time. Right. It's inefficient time. And so I ask myself the question, so why are people doing it? Well, they're doing it because they want to avoid the intimacy of going back home. People that are working more than 45 hours a week, it's more than just there's work to be done. There's a sub reason. I don't want to go back. I don't feel good about my relationship with my kids. I don't feel good about my relationship with my wife. So I do feel good about working and staying at my desk. And so I'll stay there as long as I feasibly can. And then when I go back home, I can use the excuse I'm tired and I'm overwhelmed and I've worked so hard. So I don't really have to engage and everybody will cut me slack because I work so hard. And all that, all that does is just avoid and prevent genuine relational intimacy. Yeah. What everybody, including that person deeply desires. And Satan comes along and he speaks those lies into our worlds. And he, he, he says, you got to work harder and you got to do more because what he's doing is he's preventing what God intended, which was emotional depth and relationship of intimacy between us and God and us and the people that are most important to us. So good. So good. Thank you for thank you for that. Well, we are going to cut this one here, and we're going to um, come back next week as we get into money inside inside marriage, which is there's going to be plenty to talk about on that one. Yeah. Um, Jeff, thank you for this. Thank you for the the this is this isn't normal. People don't people don't talk about this. People don't um, don't look for for this kind of help, and so. Yeah, I appreciate appreciate your My insight pleasure. here. Appreciate the work that you've you've done to amass this wisdom as well. And um, for anyone listening, I just I hope that you you take that to heart. If if you've been rejected as a kid and you are you know able to justify it, you know now um, you you can justify it. if someone wanted to to belittle you because you have more money than them or you're more successful. It, it's such a common trap, and just that there's freedom from this. And so. Just wish you the very best in doing the work to set yeah. yourself free from this. So yeah. thank you, Jeff. Um, if you're finding value from this, please, please share. 
please share this with other people. I don't, I don't care how many subscribers we have and what our following looks like. It's just, it's just one more person who's touched by this. So if this affects you and reaches you, please share this with others. See you next week. Thank you again for listening to Wealth Well Done. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. And together, we'll continue to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well.